Hi, I'm Mark Molesley, and you're listening to the NL Full Time Podcast. Welcome to this week's NL Full Time Podcast. Uh, I'm Rob Worrell, and uh, joining me at Gander Green Lane to uh, catch up with him and to review Saturday's games is the former uh, Weymouth manager and, and the recently former Southend manager, Mark Molesley. How you doing, Mark? Yeah, I'm, I'm all good, thank you. Um, pleased to be out watching a game today. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to get back out and, and start watching some football. What we'll do, we're having a quick chat with Mark now prior to kick-off at Gander Green Lane and then we'll review the majority of the games uh, after the final whistle here and then uh, we'll add a little bit more to the pod later on where we'll talk about the Torquay and Bromley game and the Woking and Chesterfield game with Neil Smudger-Smith, who's uh, at Woking today. So, Mark, a chance to come not just to see one of the National League's title contenders, but um, also your old side, Weymouth. Is it the first time you'll have watched a league game in the flesh since you left Weymouth, or have you managed to get to any other? Yeah, no, this is, this, this is it. Um, you know, Ten months ago, the last time I saw the Weymouth players and team, we were uh, lifting a trophy. Very fond memories. Um, it's, it's probably when you have a little bit of time out and you sort of reflect, it's probably times when you look back and look at how fantastically well that group of players done for me you know they've done the uh, the unimaginable really uh, and it must have been a really tough decision for you Mark obviously back to back promotions and uh, your stock was very very high at the club loved at the club because you know you turned it round in adversity um, something Weymouth were used to in the past and, and your good self as well You wherever you've been you always seem to be trying to get somebody out of the mire yeah, I think my, my my playing career certainly, you know, some of my biggest highs were probably the you know staying up against, against all odds and uh, yeah, I think like the, the Weymouth story was a little bit similar against, against all odds. You know, not many people gave us a chance and uh, what, what what those group of players done was was something really really special and uh, Weymouth are rightly back where, where they belong in a in a fantastic you know national Premier League. And regardless what happens here at Gander Green Lane today, something that crossed my mind earlier coming here is that um, regardless of the relegation situation and the lack of relegation, Weymouth have earned their right to be in this division on merit next season on points alone. They wouldn't have been uh, anywhere near the bottom four even if they'd been four going down. No, absolutely. And I always knew that they uh, would equip themselves well. I think they would have would have done even better if it wasn't for them really getting hurt by the, the COVID situation. Um, you know, they... Um, they were started started very brightly, and then unfortunately, like I said, they must have been one of the worst hit clubs with the COVID. I think um, it, it ravaged through the coach almost and took their whole team out, and it really did disjoint them a little bit. And the way they've rallied and come back has shown the characters that they have in that in that squad. So you took on the task at Southend in League Two under some very very difficult circumstances, Mark. Um, how did you find the experience there? A learning one, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it was the biggest biggest learning curve I, I could have had. It was uh, certainly, you know, in your tough times, you learn a lot more about, about yourself. And and um, like I said, it was, a, it was a fantastic experience for me. One I'm, I'm a lot stronger, better manager for. Right, let's wrap up Saturday's games now with uh, Mark Molesley. And uh, also, we managed to nab one of the other members of the full NL full-time team, Tom Lang, who's uh, here on photographic duties 
this afternoon. Um, let's talk about this game first then, with the Torquay due to play uh, later on the, this evening. Sutton had to go first, and they did it. They did it in style, two 0 ultimately, uh, Mark. But uh, they never looked in any real danger all afternoon, did they? No, they took care of business today, and uh, you know now it's you know over, over to Torquay now, put pressure on, and that's all, all they could do. But I thought it was a very professional performance from, from Sutton today, and dominated really from, from start to finish. Tom, a couple of really nice finishes as well. Craig Eastman uh, made up for the mistake he made in, in midweek, giving away the late penalty. Uh, on the end of Barden's cross and uh, just talk us about that strike from Donovan Wilson. Yeah, I mean, Wilson's strike was fantastic, wasn't it? The way he just sort of pulled it down in the air and that was symptomatic of him and Bugle's performance all game, really. They battled so hard. They won more than their fair share of aerial balls and he pulled it down on the turn, that left foot volley. I mean, he had no business striking it with that much pace against the wind and I think Ross was just caught, caught out by the power. Um, but Eastman's goal as well, you know, that sort of thumping header, isn't it? It shows the desire and the drive, and that's the sort of mentality you need in the team at the business end of the season. They've got four games to go, and that sort of passion, that that need to get on the end of the ball that he showed there, you could see it. It was resonating throughout the performance. It resonated in the goals. Um, they really want to get that title win. And uh, Mark, um, they were able to, to, to just drop down through the gears towards the end, weren't they? And uh, replace one or two and give them a rest for the battles that lie ahead. But they're, they're not really showing any signs, evidently, of, of, of the pressure. And, and maybe Matt Gray's got it right off the pitch in terms of, come on, we're at last Sutton. We, we don't have any football league experience. We've got the free hit here. Yeah, definitely. And I think they, you know, that can help to take the pressure off a little bit because they, they are for the outside world and should be the underdog. But internally they'll be really believing in themselves and they've really shown that today like I said they're really well balanced team they're really resolute hard to beat but then they're in transition they've got such power and pace to hurt you as well so no I really enjoyed watching them today and, and a quick word for Kenny Davis who has been sub 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 and then all of a sudden Alafi gets injured in the warm up we think and uh, uh, Butterman goes out to the left Davis comes in sits in there and, and you actually gave him your man of the match a very unsung hero yeah, and I think it was because of that. That that call would have gone on. You know, we've got it late. We didn't even know about it, so that could have been done. You know, three minutes before before kick off. But he showed his experience to sit in there, and, and again, he'd done all the, the unsung hero work, like the way he filled in at right back, right at the end on the on the counter when it, when um, Sutton went and countered. But also, he just dictated the tempo of the of, of the game, and he just passes that you probably wouldn't wouldn't really notice. But we've done that work, which, like I said, went unnoticed, but just kept Sutton ticking all the time. But not only that, he used his experience, his organisation, and they made sure that they, you know, they, they saw out a very, very professional performance. I think you're spot on with that as well with Davis. I think he's such an unsung hero in this Sutton side, whether he's playing or whether he's not. That experience that he brings vocally around the team as well. But we saw him against Torquay the other week. Craig Eastman looked lonely in midfield. He didn't have that natural partner, someone like a Kenny Davis. Uh, and you know you see them today they dovetailed so well they had that sort of almost pivoting action moving up the field and then they could bring in the two wide players Boy and Butyman and it just worked so well today and uh, before we move off of this game just a mention for Harry Butyman who, for whom it didn't happen in front of goal today but he caught the eye uh, throughout the afternoon he could have had a hat-trick in the first half an hour actually um, but uh, for one reason or another he, he didn't get on the score sheet but uh, uh, a bit of a freer role for Butyman today than that uh, central midfield berth he's been playing of late. We must switch our attentions, though, to the other three o'clock kickoff that involved 
the sides chasing uh, the title. Stockport uh, didn't have a game this afternoon. Uh, they were due to play Dover. But Hartlepool, the best record at home in the National League. And uh, Maidenhead have gone and done what Dev sides do. Uh, they upset the apple cart. Uh, a goal from Orsi Dodomo and a hat-trick from, from Sam Barrett. Mark, what a remarkable result for Maidenhead up at Hartlepool. Yeah, a great result for, for them up then and, and a great result for Sutton as well. So that, that they'll be pleased. But again, Sam Barrett, I mean, how many goals has he scored this season? A fantastic left foot. Um, you know, he's had a, had a great season and um, that, that's a... You know, has to be probably performance of the day to go and get three points up. But, you know, like I said, probably the hardest place to go. And and Tom, I guess the the challenge for Challenger now is to say, look, come on, all good runs have to come to an end. It's just one match. It's three points, and we need to go again and bounce back on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think he's got a job in his hands, hasn't he? At the moment, uh, Hartley pulled it down to their bare bones. They only named four players on the bench today, um, so they're struggling for men, for men to put on the field. And he does. He has to turn that around straight away. Um, you know, Mark, what sort of things would you be saying in the dressing room? sort of keep those spirits high looking up next week yeah I think you don't want to draw too much attention to the negatives at this stage of the season because you know you've got to try and flood the players with positivity and, and remind them why they are why they're up there what they've been doing well and uh, like I said you've got you've got to fix the problems that they might have encountered today but then you've got to, you've got to quickly move on there's no there's no time for dwelling now there's and um, that's why it's so important at this stage of the season to keep your best players fit as well. And, um, you know, that's, that's going to be key um, in, this, in this, these final few games is who can get the most consistently get their best team on the pitch. Now, uh, Halifax have been flying of late. They've really cemented their playoff berth, but uh, they've come unstuck um, against a very dogged Boreham Wood side do... Femi Ilasanmi has got the winner there, 23 minutes from time. Probably a little bit too late for Boreham Wood in terms of their own playoff uh, race, uh, Tom, but uh, a bit of a hiccup for Halifax Town. Yeah, spot on, Rob. I think, you know, it's eight points between Boreham Wood and that final playoff spot. Um, we've got a number of teams in differing differing uh, veins of form between them. But Halifax will be looking over their shoulders now. They need to turn that around quickly. They need to pick up points in the next game. Because we've got Chesterfield, we've got Bromley, Eastleigh, all breathing down the necks of those teams in the playoff spots. And they will be looking for any slip-ups. No such slip-up for Wrexham. Got the job done against Yeovil uh, on Saturday. Pearson, uh, not seen his name on the score sheet for a while. Of course, he's had his injury problems, hasn't he? Sean Pearson, uh, the club captain. Luke Young and Jordan Davis. And uh, from Wrexham's point of view, uh, certainly prior to uh, the, the later kickoff, cemented in sixth place now. Uh, and I guess really for the new, much publicised owners coming in from Hollywood, um, I guess they've got an interesting decision to make, haven't they? Um, if, if if Dean Keats gets Wrexham into the playoffs after a disappointing season last season, then he probably earns himself the right to have a go at that next season. Yeah, certainly so. And you know they're having a you know a good good run at it, and they could just be timing it just about right. And um, I'm sure the owners will be very pleased. Um, if he can get him into the playoffs, and then he said that you always got to be careful of that team that just times their their run perfectly into the, into the playoffs. They're they're going to be the danger one. They're the ones you don't want to face. Um, so you know they could be timing their their run just about right. Barnet, who've been much improved under Dave Anderson and uh, Simon Bassey of late, they've had some tricky opponents though as well, and they have come unstuck against Notts County, who really now. You see the benefit, the value of that last-minute penalty winner against Sutton in week. Now the shackles are off. They've gone at it, and uh, Rodriguez is in fine form. Baldwin, Mark Ellis scoring again. And everybody, including some of us on the podcast, just a week ago were ready to write Notts County off. 
but six massive points in a week, Mark. Huge, you know, two two, two quick wins t- turns the whole table sometimes. And uh, again, they're they're the ones who are chasing now. And um, again, they're again in a good position that could just time their run. Yeah, they're back in the playoffs, and uh, they have a game in hand as well. So uh, back on track for Notts County, uh, Chesterfield. And uh, Woking, we'll have a look at with uh, Neil Smudger-Smith in a short while. And uh, one other game in the National League uh, on Saturday with the three o'clock kickoffs, Tom. And it was a resounding win for Dagenham and Redbridge, uh, for whom the shackles are also off right now. It is, yeah. We, we spoke about Dagenham and Redbridge um, on the WhatsApp this morning before before the matches kicked off, didn't we? We said about how they seem to be a bit, you know, they're doing that dark horse, late run to the playoff. Someone always does it and sneaks in unexpected. I mean... Arguably, there's a bit too much water between them and the teams currently in the spots. But a 5-0 win against away against Wheelston, and we know Wheelston are not in good form at the moment. They're struggling to see out the season. But a 5-0 win away from home is not to be sniffed at at any time of season against any opponent. And crucially, McCallum kept scoring, Robinson kept scoring, and Balanta kept going with the form. First-minute goal, that form that got him Player of the Month for the Manorama League last month. You probably think you're pretty good at multitasking behind the wheel. I mean, you have to multitask to drive. So what's wrong with checking your phone? The thing is, your brain simply doesn't work. A quick reply affects your concentration and makes you less able to react to hazards. If you use a mobile phone while driving, you're four times more likely to crash. Think. Put your phone away. So I'm joined now on uh, Sunday morning by Neil Smith. Morning, Smudger. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, we can have a little bit more of uh, sort of, you've slept on it, kind of review of the other couple of games we haven't talked about yet and just see how you feel the title race and the uh, and the playoff race are shaping up. So um, let's start with the leaders, with Torquay. A big te- another big test for them after a lot of games where they found a way to win, often very, very late on. But their opponents uh, on Saturday were, were your old side, Bromley, uh, mm-hmm. and and they made it made made life very very difficult for uh, for, for Torquay and, and frustrated them, kept them to a point nil nil. Absolutely, you know I watched I did watch the game and um, you know Bromley are very very strong defensively at the moment. You know they sit with the, t- the bank of four. They don't look to you know move around too much. The two in midfield in front of them. Um, very, very steady. And then they looked to obviously hit Torquay on the break. But obviously with the conditions and everything else, I thought they kept Torquay to a minimum. I think Torquay had a, a, a chance right at the end that Mark Cousins, you know, pulls off a great save. But um, that's what your keeper gets paid for. So I think it was a very tough game for Torquay. And I think, you know, all of a sudden it puts the favour back into Sutton's hands. Absolutely. Um, it, it, you must still have... I don't want to get into all the politics of it, and I know you don't, but you must still have some some some, some bittersweet feelings watching Bromley. You, there must be still a, a huge element of pride, um, you know, watching the boys that you, you felt capable of. You know, you had them on track, didn't you? You were in seventh. Mm-hmm. So um, you must still feel a lot of that pride. Do you see much in the way of any subtle changes that, uh, that the new manager's making? Do I see any subtle changes? They're, they're, they're probably more... Um, defensive-minded than, than attacking. You know, I, I'd, I'd like to be wingers to get on the ball and yeah. a little bit of movement coming inside and overlaps from the full-backs. I don't think they do that as much now. I think it's a little bit more direct, but 
you know, as, as we said, you know, during the commentary game the other week, you know, it's about results now. It's mm. not maybe about how you want to play the game and in, in very difficult conditions, you know, they just played the basic stuff, you know, straight line runs, just putting Torquay under pressure when they had the chance. I, th- I don't think Cheeky's probably getting many chances as, um, as he was getting early on in the season. Um, but if you're grinding out results, you'll take it at the moment. Yeah, I mean, for Bromley and, and they're on track for a, for a playoff place, still a point away to Torquay, who've been finding ways to beat teams. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to see the game myself. In in the sort of you know last couple of minutes, the time added on. Did Torquay have a, a chance to win it or not? Yeah, they did. That's exactly it. They did. They had it in in, in you know time added on, and, and and as I say, you know Cousins comes into his own. He pulled off a great save, and you know, but they when when we played them at the first game of the season, they scored in the I think the ninety fourth minute a penalty. Literally took the penalty, scored the goal, won the game. Game was that was it finished. Mm. So they've got that belief. You know, and sometimes that gets you through the games. But um, I think at this moment in time now, you know, I just think Sutton looked like, you know, when we watched them the other day, they create a lot more chances. And I think at the moment, as I say, I think it's going to be down to Sutton and Torquay. And I think Torquay have got the probably the, the, the tougher running because they've got yeah. a play stop, I think, their next game. That's it, yeah. And uh, I think Sutton still have to play Hartlepool in the penultimate game if, if I've got my fixtures right. But um, there's no doubt that right now, any little swing seems massive because in the midweek, when Sutton lost late on at Notts County, you really did think, whoa, hang on a minute, you know, would you, you would so much rather be the team with a four-point lead and, and the other team only have one game in hand. But with Torquay's draw and Sutton winning... At ease with some comfort against Weymouth, you've now got the situation where there's still that one, uh, you know, that game difference. But um, Sutton are now back on top, and uh, you know it's um, it's fascinating. The little swing seems massive right now. Just the four or five games left, and uh, it feels like it's going to go possibly to the wire to the very last game. Yeah, I, I think. Um... Matt, Matt said it the other day, you know, there's going to be a twist and turn in it. So teams like that, they go, I'd rather have the points than the game in hand because you still got to win that game in hand and, and, and there is a point of it. But I think after yesterday, you know, Sutton getting their win, all of a sudden the pressure was on Torquay. And now who can handle that pressure? Yeah. So who can handle that pressure now? And you've got two managers that have, you know, Sutton have done absolutely amazing. And whatever happens, you've got, you've got to take your hat off to, to what they've done. Um, Torquay, with the experience of um, Gary you know Gary Johnson being there, he's been there, he's seen it and done it, might just tip the scales. But at the moment, it's not going to be down to the managers, it'll be down to the players. Yeah, a slight error on my part a few seconds ago. I did, I've, uh, of course, Torquay are top, but Sutton have a game in hand now. They're two points behind, and should they win that game, they would go top. And so that ultimately means it's now in Sutton's hands. We can say with four games to go for both of those sides, if Sutton claim all 12 points, they will be champions and they will go up. Um, looking at the, uh, the the playoff race, um, obviously, uh, let's let's just say if we go with your theory that it's between Torquay and Sutton, and we can't 100% mathematically, of course, write off Stockport or Hartlepool yet, but what we can say is Stockport or Hartlepool pretty much assured a, a playoff place. Um, so then looking at that from fifth place down, Halifax, three games left, 62 points. Wrexham, four games left, 61. 
Notts County, five games left, 60. Um, and uh, Chesterfield, who uh, obviously got the job done yesterday, we'll talk about that in a moment, uh, 38 games, 59 points, and Bromley, 38-59. Then there's a slight gap to Eastleigh, 56, but they've got a game in hand. And for me, even though they're on a barnstorming run, with the amount of teams competing for those playoff places, I do think it's too little too late for Dagenham on 55 points. Mathematically, yes. In reality, are they going to get above, you know, four or five teams out of Eastleigh, Bromley, Chesterfield, Knox County, Wrexham and Halifax? I don't think so. Do you? I, th- I think you said it. I think games are running out from, and I think, they, I think they've won six out of six. Um, so they are putting an, a massive uh, run together. Um, Halifax are dropping points every now and again as well. So I think it's that, you know, they're, they're putting themselves under a little bit more pressure. Obviously, Wrexham getting that win. I think with Notts County, they have to play Bromley twice. They have to play them home and away. And I think they're the, they're the games that are going to see out of those two teams actually who get in there. I think Chesterfield looked strong yesterday mm. against, you know, a, 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 a young, inexperienced side at Woking and they took full credit. But Woking could have come back to two all at one stage and then it would have been a real game and and, and Cooper for, for Woking did really well. Eastleigh, you know, they got that game in hand. Can they do it? They have done, you know, and Strebs has been there. He's, he's done it. He's got them in the playoffs before. It's, it's going to be, you know, the next few games are going to be amazing because out of those teams, you, you know, right down to, you know, even Maiden, they've got two games in hand. That, if they win those, they're on 58 points and they're in that in that little bunch. So yeah. I, I, I think, I think games are running out. I think looking at it, I think Wrexham should get in there. And it for me, it's out of Bromley and Chesterfield, Notts County, who make that next, that next point, that next team. And one thing we know for sure, you know, a good, a couple of good sides are going to miss out one way or the other. I think without a shadow of a doubt, I said this, I think last week in the podcast, we've got the best title race for years and we've probably got the best playoff race as well. Um, all in a year when it's been so crazy, hasn't it? You know, with with, with, with the pandemic, um, and and in a, in a year when we haven't got a relegation battle to look at, but the playoff race and the title race uh, is just the, it's the race that keeps on giving, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and it changes every, every game. You know, there'll be midweek midweek games this week, and that that will change who's in the playoffs and who's coming out. You know, I think. Bromley was sixth yesterday, and all of a sudden they're back to ninth. And that one, that one result, and they didn't even lose. They, you know, they put a good run together. Chester, mm-hmm. you know, Notts County, all didn't didn't win many games. They put a little run together. Now they're back in it, and I just think it's it's amazing. But it's it's just unfortunate that the supporters at these clubs, these grounds, would be full up because there are there's there's down to 12, 12 teams in the, in the fight for those playoffs. They'd be packed these stadiums, and the supporters getting behind them, and I think. You know, like you just said, being so close at the moment, it's a shame that the supporters aren't there to actually just give the teams that are in those playoffs that little bit of an edge for those home games. Absolutely. Just um, sort of flipping it and looking at the other side of things at the moment. What a difficult situation, really, for for, for Dallas at, uh, at Woking. The, the club itself is now transitioning from part-time to full-time. And I'm sure, you know, I know you get on well with Dallas. I'm sure you've had some conversations because you've been through that. Mm. But this period, whilst to some extent with a lot of injuries and, and, and some players, you know, furloughed and yes, it all looks great, doesn't it? Oh, I can experiment and try a few youngsters and stuff like that. But as you saw yesterday, um, that gives you very little chance to compete and actually win points, doesn't it? And, uh, and, and how, what are the positives for Alan Dowson apart from the, you know, he's got a two-year contract and he knows what he's got to do. 
it's not like you can get too many players in now and have a look at them, is it? Of the calibre that he'll need next season. 100%. You know, and, and, and looking at it yesterday, Dallas wouldn't have been playing some of those players if, that, if this had been a competitive season and the situation being there was relegation. I think it's, it's sort of been taken out of his hands a little bit. You know, do you spend money now um, just to get through a season just by bringing players in or do you go, you know what, well, let's save that money for next season? Mm-hmm. Um what you are, you're bloody young kids that have come through the, the ranks and you're seeing, you know, actually, you know, he's progressed a lot quicker than I would have expected. He's coming into the team and the, and the season and playing at this level a lot earlier than I expected. So he's learned a, a lot about his young kids. He's probably learned about his experience as, as well, the ones that are in there, knowing that, you know, when it, when it is difficult and where's your motivation um, in games other than, you know, your own professional uh, pride that you want to win games that you know are they are they bringing the young kids through you know getting up and, and and you know it's not it's not nice being beaten every week and you do want to win um but at this time you, you you're thinking well I'd rather do that now when there's no meaning to the relegation rather than next season yeah and 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 for woking uh, sadly they uh, they're closing in on a, an unwanted record um, I think it's nine defeats on the trot now. Uh, ten would equal the club record. And uh, unfortunately for them, um, Smudger, they, they go to Sutton. They go to Gander Green Lane on uh, on, on Tuesday. And that's going to be very unforgiving for them, isn't it? Absolutely. And, 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 and like going back to that, that, that thought of, you know, Sutton's got that game in hand. It's against Woking. Now, if this was a relegation fight for Woking, they'd be putting out and putting a shift in to try and stay up. All of a sudden, that's not on the card. So the mindset of Sutton is, well, that's three points. Should be an easy game. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying in respect of now yeah. you've taken that relegation away? Yeah. The competition's yeah. gone. The competition's yeah. gone. I think the only possibility, and there's two things I can think. One is, and it's very unlikely that Sutton approached that game with the wrong attitude because they think they've just got to turn up and get the points. And and the other one is the douse factor. If, if I was going to pick you know, three or four managers in the National League to go somewhere and get a result against the odds. I'm going to say, I'm going to say here and now, I'd, I'd pick Dev first because he yeah. does that more often than anybody, and he did it again That's on Saturday. But Dows is in that little group, isn't he? To find a way oh. to win a football match in ridiculous circumstances. I, I, I looked at him. I'm watching him on the side. His enthusiasm, his instructions to the players. You know, he kicks every ball. He wins every header. He, he blocks every shot on the, on the side. And he won't be going there wanting to lose. He won't want to be going there to get this record. He will be going there to win. But what I'm saying is that edge of if you are in a relegation fight gives you that extra couple of percent. And I don't just mean as a manager. I mean as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what they can use is that fact that we don't want to be that team that gets that, that breaks that record. That yeah. should give us that should give them the motivation to go out. And they did. They put a shift in yesterday. And as I say, that at one stage, they were 2-1 down. They could have come back at 2-all. Then it's a totally different game. Totally, I mean, a one-on-one with a goalkeeper. And it just didn't, didn't happen for the, the young kid. But I just, I just think it's going to be a difficult game because Sutton have got so much to play for. Getting that, you know, getting that win and then going top of the league again, it puts pressure on Torquay to now to have to win every game. And their next game would be Stockport. 
Yeah. And I think that's probably the, the biggest reason why it's going to be difficult for Stockport or Hartlepool now is because it's that relentless. They know both those teams going into every game and they know picking up a draw here and slipping in the odd defeat, it's not going to be enough right now. It's going to be a, a little a little mini season, a bit like the old Liverpool and Man City thing going on the other year, yeah. where, you know, if anybody draws, you've slipped up. 100%. Any point drop now is, is hard to claw back. We've so many or so few games to, to, to claw the back the games back. If you're Stockport and, and you're Hartley Paul, you're sort of probably looking at it and going, right, we'll just start preparing for the playoffs. Um, you want to be in the top three or the top two and three because you you know you miss out on the game, it gives you more time to prepare. But yeah. at the same time, anybody that gets into those playoffs now on that late surge has that momentum. And that's sometimes difficult um, to claw if you're already in there. Brilliant. Lovely to get your insight. And I know I've I've been very greedy with your time lately. We've had you for a couple of commentaries and, and, and on the podcast a couple of times, but it's so great. And I know I can obviously see, you know, your your enthusiasm uh, to stay abreast of everything and get back into the game as soon as possible is uh, is highly evident, Neil. Just a quick look at the um, the fixtures in midweek. There's seven games. We've already mentioned Sutton and Woking, and, and I think a similar feel to it will be Wildstone or Bromley going to Wildstone. Uh, you know, Wildston struggling to... Now, I mean, I watched them a few weeks ago. They competed against Aldershot. They only ultimately knew that they were getting beaten uh, in the final minutes of added time and Aldershot got a second. But uh, Bromley, you'd expect to probably go there and get the job done. And then they'll be looking at other results, won't they? Chesterfield at home to Kings Lynn. Another one where you've got a playoff chasing side against the one that's in the lower reaches, knowing they're not going down. Um, Culverhouse will have them competitive that's for sure and one that really sticks out for me Notts County having got that late winner against Sutton having freed themselves up for a, a resounding win on Saturday they've got to go to York Road haven't they they've got to go and play Deb's Maidenhead who if I remember rightly beat them on TV right at the start of the season that's right yeah you know they had a couple of chances Notts County to get a goal but you know Maidenhead you know like you just said Alan Devonshire knows how to win tough, tough games and that that's not going to be a great place for Notts County to go to knowing that they need a win to stay in that hunt. Maidenhead, if we get them wins, we're back in, we're back in it with, with um, everybody else going for those playoffs. Wheelstone Bromley, I, I, I watched a game, the Wheelstone Bromley when Bromley were at home and Wheelstone went 2-0 up early on, very difficult and then Bromley got the, the goal back. I just think Wheelstone at this moment are probably, you know, again, a bit, a bit like Woking just missing out on what, what, what they've got to play for, you know, and, and, and I think if you're Bromley, you're going there going, right, we've got, we've got three points here. Um, Let's be ruthless. Absolutely. Be ruthless. Early, get the job done. However, exactly that. However we do it, we're winning this game. You can't be coming away from there less than three points if we're going to put, and they are, they're putting a massive shift in for those playoff places. So again, Stockport and Dagenham and Redbridge, what a game that'll be. Brilliant. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's something out, isn't it? That, on, on Tuesday, that's going to sort something out. It's either going to put an end to uh, Dagenham's playoffs hopes or if Dagenham keep up their form, probably an end to Stockport's title hopes. Uh, absolutely. You know, and I, and I think at the moment, Paul McCallum seems to be hitting a bit of form at the right and time. Valanta. Yeah, both of yeah, them. Valanta, and, and you just think, like, going forward, you know, they, they, they are a forward-thinking team. They want to get forward. They've got great players up front. It'll, that'll be a cracking game. If, they, if there was a TV game, that's the one you'd be putting it on because both teams have to win. I agree totally. Two other games, Solihull Moors against Weymouth and 
all the shot against Yeovil, and it might be an opportunity. I don't know what uh, Danny Sell's mindset is. He he might have a look at one or two of the youngsters like Reese Wiley that uh, have been training with the first team all season. Now it's it's pretty categoric that uh, all the shot who stayed competitive um, to this point, you know, they 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 might uh, they might look at that as an opportunity over these final games. But Neil, it's been brilliant having you uh, join us again. Thank you, thank you so much for your insight and your enthusiasm. Uh, you know, great to have you. Loved it. Loved every minute, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get another game on the old commentary. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, th- th- there's possibilities uh, afoot, but we'll keep them under our hat for now. Um, so thanks to uh, Mark Molesley and Tom for joining us earlier on in the podcast. And uh, uh, please don't forget to uh, subscribe to us on all good podcasting uh, platforms or follow us on Twitter at NL Full Time. Uh, I've been Rob Worrell. We'll speak to you again next week.